here on ESPN 1000. You can check us out on 100.3 HD2, also on the ESPN Chicago app. Take us with you in your pocket wherever you go. You can watch the show on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Black and Abdallah have the night off. They were in for Greeny today from 10 to noon. They'll be back tomorrow night for an all-calls welcome Friday from 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. Tyler Aki in for the guys tonight. Talking some Bears, and I got some quarterback stuff that I didn't get to last night as well that I want to get to tonight here on the show. 312-332-3776 if you want to jump on into the conversation. But I do want to start with the Bears. The Chicago Bears have quite the offseason ahead of them. That's no secret to anybody. But there's a lot of pressure, I think, on a lot of different people up at Hallis Hall. And I want to talk about everything from a Bears standpoint. Who's got the most pressure for the Bears this upcoming season and offseason? Because we can talk about who needs it most for their own career, right? Like, Justin Fields needs to go out and show that he's the dude, or otherwise the Bears may decide to move on from him. Ryan Poles needs to go out and show that he can be good at his job if he wants to take this Bears franchise to the next level. Matt Eberflus needs to go out there and show that he is indeed the right coach for the job as well. But they all have their personal pressures, right? Personal pressures to remain in their spots and to excel within the confines of the NFL. Now it comes down to, from the Bears' perspective, from the Bears' ownership, who needs to excel the most over the next 12 months in order to lift this Bears franchise up? Who needs to be the best at their job over the next 12 months? So I think there's a couple of candidates here. And I think you look at the quarterback, Justin Fields. Obviously, he's got his personal pressures because... While I think a good portion of the fan base is sold that he is the quarterback of the future, there's still plenty of warts within his game. You look at the accuracy, you look at some of the intermediate stuff, there is certainly room for improvement for the Bears and for Justin Fields. He needs to show that he can still be a pocket passer, not a guy who throws for 2,200 yards in a season. You want to see those touchdown numbers, you want to see those yardage numbers up, and that ultimately will help the Bears go out and develop a strong offense and continue to show that they can take a step from last season. Then you've got Ryan Poles. You know, Ryan Poles has a very interesting job ahead of him because right now, I think GMs across the league would be very envious of what Ryan Poles has on his plate for this upcoming offseason. Is there a lot of pressure? Sure, absolutely. Tons of pressure on Ryan Poles for this upcoming offseason. He's got to get it right. But he also has about as blank of a canvas as you can have with a quarterback already in the huddle that's shown that he can do a little bit of something. So there's that with Ryan Poles. I think anyone who's ever played Madden before as well, pretty envious of what Ryan Poles has on his on his plate this offseason because it is such a blank slate. Then you get to the head coach with Matt Eberflus. You know, Matt Eberflus, I don't think we learned a whole heck of a lot about Eberflus as a head coach. I think we learned a little bit. I think he implemented a culture of discipline this past offseason and this past season. Because when you look at what the Bears did from a penalty standpoint, top five in the league in terms of least penalized teams. That's a good thing. 
That's a huge improvement. And we kind of saw that come to the the limelight in the preseason when we were seeing a lot of penalty-free and turnover-free games, or at least minimize them. And then we saw it bear its head during the course of the regular season as well. But we don't know necessarily how good is Matt Eberflus as someone who manages the clock, as someone who knows how to use the challenges the correct way. I want to see what Matt Eberflus still is in that regard. And then I'll throw you one more. Then there's Luke Getze. You know, Luke Getze, really, really strong start to last season. Things started to tail off a little bit, but the Bears went through that stretch where they were scoring in the neighborhood of 28 to to 35 points. It felt like every single game over the course of five or six weeks. You felt very, very strongly about Luke Getze to the point where there were conversations of, should Luke Getze be the head coach of this team? And if he's not the head coach of this team, he may be the head coach of another team somewhere out there in the NFL. So all of these different pieces together here, right? Who's got the most pressure from George McCaskey and the McCaskey family for this upcoming 12 months for the Bears? 312-332-3776. I'll give you my answer, all right? I think it's Ryan Poles. You know, a lot of people are going to point to Justin Fields as the guy who's got the most pressure for this upcoming season from a Bears standpoint. But the thing is, is that if Ryan, if Justin Fields fails this upcoming season, it's pretty easy, I think, for the Bears to move on. Because in all likelihood, you will be getting multiple first-round picks for next season. You'll have your own, and then you'd imagine that when you move off of this number one overall pick, you're going to end up getting a first, a future first-rounder in return. At least that's the expectation it would seem like for a lot of Bears fans. So, with that being the uh, crux of the argument there, and something that I think Bears fans see as a foreseen conclusion, I think you look at Ryan Poles as the guy who's got the most amount of pressure within that building for the future success of the Chicago Bears. Because a lot of other people can fail within that building, but if Ryan Poles does things right, and remember, Part of Ryan Poles' job over the course of the next 12 months here is deciding whether or not Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future. If Justin Fields goes out there and struggles this year, and any of the quarterbacks in the current draft class go out and shine and look like absolute studs out there and look better than Justin Fields, that's an indictment on Ryan Poles right there. Not just for maybe not surrounding Justin Fields with talent on the outside and inside, but it also could be the fact that he misevaluated the quarterback position as well, the most important position in all of sports. And if he gets that wrong, his time in the league as a general manager could be coming to a close a lot sooner than a lot of people may have thought and he would have thought coming in. But he has been given the green light to go out, tear this thing down, and try to build it back up. And that's why I think that Ryan Poles, while I think we do see an immediate improvement and a pretty easy improvement to make as well, I think you'll see the Bears get to eight or nine wins next year. I think just the gradual uh, job of getting these guys and getting the rest of the roster to an adequate level. I'm not even saying getting stars on this roster, but getting this roster to an adequate level at positions around the quarterback, on offense, on defense, 
getting it to an average level is worth four or five wins for this team from a season ago. It's what can you get and how can you get this team from being an eight to nine win team to being the 10 to 12 win team. That's the important step there. That's the championship level step there that Ryan Poles is being tasked with now. And again, it's not going to happen all in one offseason, but you can see him start to lay the foundation both in free agency and with the draft. Having as much money in free agency as the Bears have to operate with, it's going to come in at around $100 million. And then on top of that, having the nine draft picks in this year's draft, including the number one overall pick, which in all likelihood is going to fetch you a couple more picks as well. So you're looking at a Bears draft that in all likelihood is going to have double-digit prospects coming in to the Chicago Bears for this upcoming season. So who has the most pressure in your eyes from the Bears' standpoint moving forward? Is it Justin Fields? Is it Ryan Poles? Is it Matt Eberflus? Or is it Luke Getze? 312-332-3776 if you've got a thought. Mike's in Lombard. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how's it going? Good. What you got for us? Well, you're right on. It's Poles. And Justin Fields already proved himself as a star in the NFL last year. Here's why. And and, and I tried to call uh, uh, Waddle and Sylvie, but I was late. But a guy called up and said, what more do you want him to do with that line and the receivers? And Tom, they agreed with him, uh, but they also said he's got to improve. You look at the stats when he started being himself. They're phenomenal. I don't know why people oversee that. If you take Jalen Hurts and you watch him play, if he was on the Bears last year, he does not do what uh, Justin Fields did. No way. I've seen Agreed, him under yep. pressure. He can, he can run. But on the Bears, he'd be running for his life. If you watch those plays, it's amazing. He's a great quarterback when you give him what you have to. He stands there. He's got all the time in the world, and he's thrown to A.J. Brown. I mean, the only reason we had any success in the offense last year was because of one guy. The only time we had late-minute drives that didn't work out is because he was there and would be down 40 points. So for anyone to say he has to still improve, is crazy. Now, if you get him a guy like A.J. Brown on the line next year, and like you said, he's overthrowing people, he's holding the ball for 20 minutes, which is ridiculous, he's not going to do that, then get rid of him. But for anyone to still critique this guy, he already proved himself with absolutely nothing to work around. And two years ago, like I said, they were running Jalen Hurts out of Philly until they got him weapons in the line. So it's definitely Ryan Poles. And hopefully he keeps Chase, uh, Fields, because that's another crazy argument, but they, you're getting rid of Fields after what he's done. For a guy who's 180 pounds, and nobody knows guys out of college if they're going to succeed. Right. So, so anyway, there's my point on that. Yeah, appreciate it, Mike. And, and I think you're right on there. When you look at the some of the late drives, I know a lot of people are very critical of Justin Fields and the late game drives. Now, are you happy with the way that things shook out in the end? No. You'd like to see him have some more game-winning drives down the stretch of of games and. You'd like to see him tack on some more wins, but he is. Mike was right in the the estimation that this Bears team wouldn't have been in a lot of those games without Justin Fields. In fact, you could really say the one game that Justin Fields was successful on a game winning drive was the one game where he really wasn't going. He wasn't effective enough to put them in position for a game winning drive, and that is the the Houston Texans game where it just kind of fell into his lap. He just had to sort of sit on the ball there. It was really the defense that gave him the opportunity to put that one in the stat sheet there. But three one two three three two three seven seven six. 
Got a lot of interesting moving parts for this Bears team this offseason. But who has the most pressure out of anyone in the Bears organization to succeed this offseason and to take a leap into next season? Is it Ryan Poles? Is it Justin Fields? Is it Matt Eberflus? Or is it Luke Getze? We want to hear from you. 312-332-3776. More of your calls coming up next. Tyler Aki in for Black and Abdallah. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. For Greeny today from 10 to noon, Tyler Rocky sitting with you until 8 o'clock tonight. Talking some bears with you. 312-332-3776. Who's got the most pressure inside of Hallis Hall for the future of the Bears? Is it Justin Fields? Is it Ryan Poles? Matt Eberflus? Maybe even Luke Getze. 312-332-3776. I've given my answer. I think it is Ryan Poles. No doubt about it there, because when you look at the job that Poles has ahead right here, he's got a blank slate with a quarterback in his building right now. He's got to decide, even this offseason, if that's the guy that he wants to roll with or if that guy is better than anyone in the NFL draft. And the job that he has ahead right now is to try to get this team to be a Super Bowl contender. And with the amount of draft capital and free agency currency that Ryan Poles has at his disposal for this offseason, he's got to get it right. Because if he hits a home run this offseason, this Bears team is going to be set up for a long time to have some sustained success in what is a, an extremely weak NFC conference right now. 312-332-3776. Deshaun is in Virginia Beach. What's up, Deshaun? Hey, so I think you're right when you say Poles has the most pressure. I think that, that that's the obvious answer. But I wanted to give you another name, though, of somebody who has an incredible amount of pressure that we're not talking about yet. Mm-hmm. And that's Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool has a ton of pressure on him right now. If he doesn't come through, and at least so that he can be at least the receiver that he was with Bill uh, Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. What happens to his career moving forward? So I just wanted to kind of throw that name out there and see what you think about it. I ain't gonna listen. I appreciate taking my call. Yeah, it's a good it's a good name to bring up there, Deshaun. There's a lot of pressure on Chase Claypool, and that's partially why Ryan Poles is still my answer because if Chase Claypool doesn't perform this year, that's another mark in the red column for Ryan Poles because you're going to have to make a decision on if you want to extend him or not. And you look at what Claypool has done with the Bears so far, and it's been unsatisfactory. Not just the numbers. How about just the presence on the field? How many times did we look at the snap counts after a game and say to ourselves, huh, Chase Claypool only out there 17 snaps? Chase Claypool only out there for 20-something 20 20 snaps? That needs to be better. 
And if it's not, then the Bears are going to have some trouble in the receiver department unless they draft a stud here. But you're hoping that Chase Claypool is one of those guys that you can build around. I talked a little bit about it last night. I want to find guys that grow with Justin Fields. And Chase Claypool is one of those young guys who can be a part of that formula, growing with Justin Fields. I think that would be a huge, huge benefit for this Bears team. They're going to need Chase Claypool to live up to the billing of what they traded away for him, which, when you look at it, is essentially a, a first-round pick. He's He was given up for what is now the 32nd pick in the NFL draft, and you could even say it's even more valuable than your standard 32nd overall pick because everyone's going to be flocking to trade for that 32nd pick with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everyone sees, oh, this guy didn't go. This guy, we have a first-round grade on him, and he's still available. Let's see what the Steelers are willing to, to part with if they're willing to give that up to, to us so we can get our guy with that 32nd overall pick. You see it very frequently. The 33rd overall pick, a.k.a. the first pick of the second round, is one of the most traded picks in football year after year. And it's because of the fact that teams see guys that are still on their board with first-round grades that have slipped, and they want to go out and try to make a move on them. But 312-332-3776, if you want to talk some Bears with us, Jerry's in Mokina. What's up, Jerry? I think it falls on everybody. Uh, First of all, uh, polls, yes. You know, targeting guys. We're hearing about some Division II guys that he's already targeting, which sounds like the old administration. Uh, Players need to recruit players to the team. And, uh, you know, there's talk about even trading fields so we could be in the running for the kid from USC. This is just, it's all over the place. What do you think? Yeah, I think that... I mean, you don't trade fields to get Caleb Williams. That's the kid from USC that you're talking about there. But I think what you can do with with fields is you'll know, right, at the end of the year. Hopefully you get enough of a sample size where you're convinced that he is the quarterback of the future or he's not the quarterback of the future. And if he's not the quarterback of the future, in all likelihood you're drafting pretty high. And secondly... You'll hopefully have some extra draft capital to trade up if you do need to, or don't, you can, don't they need to? Uh, don't the players need to recruit? Because the, you know, for free agency, players aren't just going to say, "Oh, I want to go to the Bears." We got to get some good players here that you know are going to make a difference. Well, here, here's the thing, Jerry. I think uh, I don't know if you need the the players to necessarily recruit. I just think you need Ben Franklin to do some recruiting for you because. The Bears are flush with cash, and in the NFL, where very little is guaranteed, especially tomorrow, players, if you are offering them the right amount of money, everyone's got a price. And if you win the bidding war, in all likelihood, that player is going to come play with you. You don't see a lot of discounts being taken in the NFL to come take a little less money in the pursuit of a championship. You don't see it very often. Isn't that going to be our new money man that uh, has replaced Ted Phillips? Kevin Warren, you're talking about? Yeah, he's he's the uh, president of football operations. He He's going to be handling a lot of things. Some of it will be roster-related, but you'd imagine the biggest project for him is going to be with the stadium out in Arlington Heights. 
that is hopefully going to be opening up within the next eight, nine years. Thanks a lot. Yep, you have a good one, Jerry. That's Jerry Mokina, 312-332-3776. You want to hop on into the conversation? Chase is on the south side. What's up, Chase? Yo, what's up, What up, Chase? Not much, man. How you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. What you got for us? Yeah, uh, so, um, yeah, so I was listening to a cat earlier this morning, and he was, you know, he brought, he was talking about how he actually would prefer the Bears to have the worst, you know, to be bad, you know, go like 3 and 14 and just go 7 and 10. I'm just, I'm a little confused about the, the expectations on everybody because it's just confusing because I'm wondering, like, okay, I heard, then I just heard Waddle say that I want to see progress. I want to see this team, like, I'm not asking for this team to go win 12, 11, 13 games or go win the Super Bowl, but I want to see them at least win about seven, eight games, mm-hmm. at, least, at the very least. And it's just, it's confusing to me because I'm here, I'm, I just want to know what is next season? What is the expectations for this team going into next season? Because that will make fans say, okay, we're heading in the right direction because I really don't know no more because my expectations is if this team at least show development, let's say they go um, 8, 9, 7, and 10, and, but Justin plays great, then they let you know this team is heading in the right direction even if they don't make the playoffs. But if they go 3 and 14 or have a horrible record go 5 and 11 or 5 and 12, that means that Justin didn't develop. That means people are, jobs are going to be if the bear if we go into next season, and the Bears are three and fourteen, mm-hmm. and they're blowing games like they did early this past season, jobs are going to be on the line. No people doubt, people are going to be on the hot seat. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the part I don't get. Like, like you can. It don't make sense for people to say Justin's a guy. I believe in Justin, but then the Bears go three and fourteen. Well, that means Justin didn't develop. Right. Or the coaching, there's a coaching problem. Or maybe Ryan Poles didn't address the needs that he was supposed to because it's a domino effect. If the if we go into next season around this time next year and the Bears are, you know, are, are the worst team in the league next season, then no, there's no, there's not going to be no excitement. Why would you be excited over a team having the worst record in the league again? That means somebody's not doing their job. That means they're going to be some hot seats really going around all fronts. And there's another guy that I think that's a pressure on that nobody talked about too, is the defensive coordinator, Alan Williams. Mm -hmm. There's some pressure on him too that nobody's talked about. He's been sort of under the radar, but I think there's pressure on him too because he caught a pass because the defense was so bad because they got rid of Roquan, they got rid of Robert Quinn. They got they traded Khalil Mack. They are, they didn't bring Akeem Hicks back, but if they don't, if they go ahead and bring in some talent defensively, and this defense does show no improvement, then his job is on the line too. He's on a lot of pressure as well. I believe that he comes in on the fire as well as just as much as Getty, because if this defense does not develop or guys aren't getting better, they're not into the quarterback. They're not stopping the run then that falls on Allen Williams, too, and his job is on the line. So that's just my point. I just don't know – I just don't understand where, what is the expectations. Like, what is your expectation with this team, Tyler? Like, what, what would make – 2023 season, mm-hmm. 
what would make you satisfied to say, okay, this was a pretty good season? I'm glad. I, I like where this team is going. I would what, say, what, in your opinion, nine wins. I would want to see like an even nine wins. And, and what I mean by an even one, even nine wins, is that you look at how this, how like the like the Lions last year, right? The Lions last mm-hmm. year started one and six, and then closed mm-hmm. the season eight and two. That's an that's an inconsistent stretch there, right? That's a tale right. of two seasons. I want to see it, it the wins sort of spread out. I don't want to see them go into the sewer early on and then try to kick it into gear at the end. Like, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be unsatisfied if that was the way it played out, but I would like to see an even nine wins next year. You look at their schedule next year, you're you're running through the NFC South next year, all right? None of those teams know who their quarterback is for next year. So right now, as we sit today, the Bears have the advantage in the quarterback department in every single one of those games because none of those teams know who that quarterback is. And quite frankly, I don't know if any of those quarterbacks are going to be better than what the Bears have for next season. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the bottom line is, is that this team, in heading into next season, they have to show improvement. Like, they, we cannot go into the next season around November and this team is blowing games away and they're losing games because Justin, um, you know, took a sack or he's, you know, or the defense can't stop the run and they're not getting out to the quarterback. You know, those are things that we have to see going into next season. Listen, if the Bears go um, six and twelve or seven and ten, but they lost games that they should have won, mm-hmm. that's not going to be satisfiable at all. That's going to be very disappointing. And all I'm saying is, is that if they if we go into next season and they haven't showed any progress at all, and guys that like if they end up with the worst record lead next season, I mean they're going to be some guys. You know, there's going to be some hot seats. People are gonna be on. People gonna be. People gonna be on the hot seat. It's just a fact. I mean, we have to see improvement next season. Something. Yeah. Can't, cannot go three. We cannot have the worst. Cannot have the number one overall pick in 2024 and be satisfied with that. There's no way in the world we can do that. Yeah. If that's the case, then then everybody then everybody needs to go. It's just a fact. But yeah. all right, Tyler, man. All right, Absolutely. Well, man. Thanks, Chase. Night, man. You have a good all night. Right. Oh, Chase on a two show streak of good calls. Good for Chase. Two for two. I think he's two of three this week, but two for two. Back-to-back nights. Don't jinx it. (laughs) Well, okay, we're we're only in the third inning of the no-hitter here, all right? We we, we can still, we can talk a little about it. 312-332-3776. I got this article from Pro Football Focus, all right? So the Bears finished last in the division last year, and we see it every year. Worst to first. Which teams are the best and worst candidates to make the leap to the top of the division next season? We'll give you that and where the Bears sit on that coming up next. Tyler Aki in for Black and Abdallah. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Fifth anniversary celebration. It's going to be the biggest party of the year. It's our 25th anniversary here at ESPN 1000. 
Tickets are on sale now. Go to LiveNation.com, search ESPN Chicago, Friday, March 24th from 12 to 6. Doors open at 11 a.m. at the House of Blues right here in downtown Chicago. You're going to get a reunion show of Mac, Yurko, and Harry. Also scheduled to appear Jay Cutler, Robbie Gold, Eddie Olchek, Michael Wilbon, Mark and Greco, Shay and Jordan Cornette, Sarah Spain, Nick Friedel, Luke Canellis, Fred Hubner, Ray Flores, and more to be announced along the way. 25th anniversary party at ESPN Chicago. Go to LiveNation.com and search ESPN Chicago. You must be 21 and older with a valid ID at the door. Tyler Rocky in for Black and Abdallah tonight. We're having a conversation during the break. Brendan Riley is in with us tonight. He is our White Sox producer and also helps us out along the way with certain shows as well. Kendra Smith is in the building too tonight. But Shay was saying, or uh, rather Brendan was saying, I'm getting my, my Detroit's mixed up here because it was a conversation that was sort of centered around the Lions. But Brendan also from the mitten state do you do you give people the paw i you know i don't normally know where are you on the mitten where are you located do you know where detroit is uh, oh so you're from detroit yeah, i'm from okay, Bull Metro detroit, okay but so you're kind of like lower thumb yeah all right uh glad that we cleared that up but um you were saying that you disagreed with my assessment that i want to see the bears be an even nine win team and what i mean by even is just consistency across the year we're not looking at a six game winning streak somewhere in there a five game winning streak i want to see consistency along the way so maybe a three game winning streak here two game losing streak two game winning streak followed by a three game losing streak something i want to see consistent wins across the board i don't want to see them all stacked to the end or like the lions were last year all stacked to the beginning like we saw with the jets well you you definitely don't want to see them all stacked at the beginning yes that mm-hmm. would be brutal but also at the end to me unless it's because of the schedule was particularly easy in that stretch like especially with young teams teams where you're you're relying on guys you're drafting this year when you see them start to play well at the end of the season to me that's a sign that they're figuring things out as a lions fan watching the lions do that like i, I it makes me feel better and i would think you should feel better that way you know with the bears yeah i think Certainly it would give you some optimism. I would just, I like to see consistency with a team because if I see consistency, that to me says, all right, this team is that you, you kind of get a, a feel for what your team is, what your team identity is. I don't want to be the team that sort of catches the heater at the end of the year and is playing with a lot of momentum only to have that momentum come to a, a crashing halt at the end of the season. That's the way I see it. And again, if the Bears end up winning eight of their last 10 games next season, I'll be thrilled. That's a, that's in all likelihood a, a nine ten win team, but I think that don't be surprised if the Lions maybe don't deliver to that expectation. Like people maybe right now see the way that the Lions finished last year and think they could be the second or third best team in the NFC as a result of that. I would still sort of pump the brakes on that a little bit for next season. I think they're good, and I think that they'll go in as the favorite to win the NFC North next year, and rightfully so. But don't be surprised if maybe they take a little bit of a step back from that 8 of 10 that you saw at the end of the year. It can definitely lead to inflated, unfair expectations when you finish a season strong. I still think when you're looking at teams who are, you know, trying to grow still, if you're going to have a nice stretch, having it in the end of the year is not a bad thing. Having it at the beginning of the year, you know, rolling off five, six Mm -hmm. wins early and then falling off. Now Mm -hmm. that's what you don't want to do. I will say this. I think the Jets... The Jets season they had last year is the perfect microcosm of we need a quarterback. 
because the defense is usually ahead of the offense at the beginning of the seasons, and then the offense sort of finds itself across the league towards the end of the seasons, and you see those offensive teams really win. The Jets, defensive-minded team, defensive-minded head coach, uncertainty at quarterback, especially at the beginning of the season when they were dealing with an injury at the quarterback position. And then you saw the defense just sort of, and even you saw with Joe Flacco and Mike White at the beginning of the season, you saw some good things out of them that gave you some optimism as a Jets fan that, oh, we may be a playoff team this year. But then you see them crash and burn as they close things out to the year. And that always, to me, says this is a team without a quarterback. And I think if the Bears, certainly if they do that, we'll be talking about if the Bears crash and burn to close out the season after a hot start next year, if that is the way things play out, we'll be saying, oh, maybe Justin Fields isn't the guy for this team. But what do you think? 312-332-3776. I saw this on Pro Football Focus earlier in the week. You know, we see this every year, it feels like, right? The worst to first, and Pro Football Focus went through the eight last place teams in the NFL and ranked them by their chances to go from worst to first in 2023. So coming in at number eight, you got the Cardinals, new coach, new GM, uncertainty at quarterback of when Kyler Murray is going to be healthy. Makes sense. Seven, Denver Broncos, you got a new coach, an underwhelming quarterback from a season ago that you paid a ton of money to. And then on top of that, you play in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Tough obstacle to overcome there. Six, you've got the Houston Texans. They have one of the worst collections of talent in the NFL, and they are wiping the slate clean as well. So it's going to be a rebuilding season in Houston. And you look at what you saw out of Trevor Lawrence last season, Jacksonville is probably going to be pretty tough to overcome next year. Five, you've got the Cleveland Browns. There's just a lot of really good teams in the AFC North year after year after year. And the Browns will need to take a step up with Deshaun Watson in all likelihood. And then you get to number four, the New York Jets, who we were just talking about. A team that needs a quarterback desperately. And if they do find a quarterback, let's say Aaron Rodgers in his time of the darkness, he the, the visions that were coming into his head and his soul searching led him to the New York Jets. Then I think the Jets elevate to number one on this list. But because of the uncertainty of who that quarterback might be, they check in at number four. Then we get to number three, which is where we find the Chicago Bears. So the blurb writes, drafting a quarterback with the first overall pick has led to worst to first move in the past when the Colts selected Andrew Luck in 2012. While we don't know what the Bears will do with their first overall pick, drafting a quarterback is definitely on the table. However, the state of the division might allow them to be in this race, even with Justin Fields under center. At this point, it seems more likely than not that the Green Bay Packers will enter the season with a new quarterback and the Vikings defense will undergo major changes in the offseason. Furthermore, the Vikings might experience some regression in close games considering their success in such contests in 2022. The Bears roster does not seem strong at first look, but improvement at the quarterback position, be that from fields or drafting a quarterback, could put them right in the mix to win the division. Then you get to number two. The Falcons, that's all a product of the fact that the NFC South is as weak as it is. And number one, the Washington Commanders, who that's an interesting one because that would mean leapfrogging three playoff teams from a season ago, which is it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Now, they do have good defensive pieces, especially on the line, but I would actually give the Bears and even the Falcons a better chance 
at winning their division next year than the Washington Commanders. And that's not necessarily a vote of confidence. I shouldn't say not necessarily. It is not a vote of confidence in the Atlanta Falcons or the Chicago Bears. It's more of the uphill climb that I think Washington faces next season. Even though they did bring in Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator for next year, you're still looking for that elusive quarterback, which maybe is something that you try to address in the NFL draft. But I found it interesting. The Bears at third in this, and a lot of it being the byproduct of the quarterback. Listen, if Justin Fields sets the world on fire next year and gives a Jalen Hurts-level performance, the Bears are going to win the division next year. If Justin Fields looks like what we saw out of Jalen Hurts. If Justin Fields... Listen, Jalen Hurts second in MVP voting this past season. If Justin Fields is in the top five in MVP voting for next season, the Bears will win the division. It's just, can he get to that level? It's a big what if. I would actually put the... The when you look at some of these other teams, the, I, I think the Cleveland Browns might have a a better chance than the Bears if Deshaun Watson figures things out there. It's just, and, and even I think the New York Jets too probably have a better chance than the Bears to win the division next year because I I look at you know everyone always says in the NFL the best way to win a Super Bowl is with a rookie or is with a quarterback on a rookie contract. Well, the Jets kind of have the inverse of that right now. All of their talent currently is on a rookie contract. Look on the defensive side of the ball. You got, you got Deuce or uh, you got um, um, Sauce Gardner. You and then on the offensive side of the ball, you had Garrett Wilson. You had three rookies on your team that were all in contention to win Rookie of the Year on their side of the ball, and two of them actually went out and won the awards. And then on top of that, you've got some good pieces on the offensive line, defensive line, in your secondary as well. Like, that Jets team is built to win, and it is young right now. It just needs a quarterback to go out there and supplement what is a a super strong defense right now. And they've got the ability to go out and pay a quarterback because of that. Um, But it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But the Bears checking in at the third highest chance of winning the division from last place teams. The worst to first, they are the third most likely candidate according to Pro Football Focus. Coming up next, we've got the song of the night. Tyler Rocky sitting in for Black and Abdallah. This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. in just a little bit here on Black and Abdallah. Tyler Rocky in for the guys today. They were in for Greeny from 10 to noon today. If you missed any of that, be sure to check out the podcast. They will be back tomorrow night, though, for All Calls Welcome Friday, right here from 6 to 8 on ESPN 1000. Looking forward to that later on tomorrow. 
I do want to get to some of the Tim Anderson stuff from yesterday. We we had a, a bunch of Bears calls yesterday, so I was unable to get to any of the, the Tim Anderson stuff. But we'll do that in just a little bit. Also, I have a quarterback conversation as well. I want to know who would you sign to a long-term contract? Out of all, all the quarterbacks right now, I'll, I'll run through a list of guys who are looking for second and third contracts. But who would you be signing to long-term extensions right now? We'll do that in just a little bit. But each night, right here at around 6.50, we like to bring to you Song of the Night. I want to rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, Larry. Tonight's song. Hey, shady baby, I'm hot. Light the prodigal sun. We go to 2014. Alt J, left hand free. Bigger battle, any mini money, more and flower. You're the chosen one. As your song of the night. This may be for the younger audience out there. Outer Banks is back. The return of Outer Banks to Netflix season three of the show is back. Just got released today on Netflix. And this is the theme song to, Did not know that. to Outer Banks. Okay, so we've got Brendan with us. We've got Kendra with us. Both of you guys a little bit older than I am. But do either of you watch Outer Banks? I do not. And I was I was like, I like this song, but I've never heard it before. What is this? And you told me it was for the younger audience. Yes, I do watch Outer Banks. You do watch Outer Banks. Was, All right. I like peer pressured myself because it was all okay. the rage on Twitter. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, what is this stupid little show? And I was like, okay, finally I'll get into it. And I was like, oh, okay. It's, I like it. Did you like it? You yeah. liked it? All right. Yeah. This song might get me into it. I like this song. So, for those unaware, Outer Banks is a show about... It's based in North Carolina, in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And it's a show about the sort of the haves and the have-nots of the of a vacation town, right? So, you've got the locals, and you've got the 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 rich people who just sort of venture into to vacation. And it's like the inner struggle between the two. It's a teenage drama type show. The little mystery thrown into yes, it as well. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's a drama. It's, it's also like a what's the the correct word for it? Like a kind of like a treasure hunt show, if that makes sense. Yeah, you can. Say I that think that's the best way to put it there. But yeah, so the uh, third season of Outer Banks out today, and I know a lot of people strongly dislike the show because they think it's just like trash teenage television which you're not wrong right like that's it, it, what it is like we'll call a spade a spade well, here Kendra, island right? has like six seasons oh, been yeah seasons. but that's like reality tv like reality tv is all sort of like guilty pleasure-ish uh sort of stuff everybody this finds their guilty pleasure tv in anything right. you know exactly you can't judge because it's a scripted show exactly alt j left hand free your song of the night I Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. 
Yo, Larry. So, Kendra, would you even say that's like a guilty pleasure show for you? Like, do you feel ashamed to watch Outer Banks? No, I don't feel ashamed. Don't feel There's ashamed. way worse TV on. That you def- can, there definitely is. That you can tune no into. No doubt about it's it. It's a little, it's a silly show. You go, you enjoy it, and you get caught up, and, and you turn it off. Yeah. What about you? Do you got a, you got a guilty pleasure show there, Brendan? Oh, I got a, I, I, not at the moment anything in particular, but I have a long list of shows that would probably qualify. Well, give us a little, a little the teaser. Worst, the worst, I, I get killed for this. Mm-hmm. I loved The Vampire Diaries. Oh, Why would okay. you get killed for that? I love The Vampire Diaries. Are you kidding Diaries. me? Yeah, men get killed for loving The Vampire Diaries. <laughs> oh, I, did. Well. I loved it. <laughs> I guess. That's, yeah. Did that's... you watch all the spinoffs? I tried, but there's so many now. There's... The originals? You didn't watch I, I watched the first like two or three seasons. It's like Yellowstone. People forget that the actual show, Once Upon a Time, existed out there. 312-332-3776. Outer Banks is back. I'm going to binge that at some point. Once I finish full swing, I'm all into Outer Banks mode. 312-332-3776. If you've got a guilty pleasure show that you want to share with us, when we come back, I want to get into uh, this quarterback conversation. How many quarterbacks in the NFL right now would you sign to a long-term deal. We'll discuss that when we come back. Tyler Rocky in for Black and Abdallah. We will be back in two minutes. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.